And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. I had a decent weekend. Then uh, last night, the Cavs got blown out by uh, the Golden State Warriors. That that bummed me out a little bit. Man. Look, LeBron is the GOAT. I don't care what y'all say. He's better than Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time. But the Cavs are just a, just a terrible, horrible garbage team. It's just really, really bad. It's, it's disgraceful to watch. But game three on Wednesday. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, we had a great guest today, uh, Cassandra Fairbanks, political activist and writer over at Gateway Pundit. Um, she's great. We talked about the uh, Tommy Robinson case over in the UK. We talked about WikiLeaks and Julian Assange. We talked about how the left uh, is trying to ruin Star Wars and uh, are probably coming for you know, baseball and apple pie and everything else that Americans love next. Um, That's why I have this podcast, to try to stop them from getting their way. So, uh, yeah, it was was good talking to Cassandra. We'll definitely have her back on soon. Um, Before we get to our chat, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. Uh, Premier Vapor is the best vape company on earth, hands down. They have the largest variety of premium e-liquids. They have, like, 700 flavors or something like that and it is really really delicious stuff i'm literally vaping on some of their stuff as we speak it is excellent check them out at premier vapor and lounge.com free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks they have anything you need any kind of battery mod coil anything they've got it all check them out um, they also have physical stores in perrysburg ohio and holland ohio if you live in northwest ohio or are traveling through the area check them out in person if not premier vapor vapor and lounge.com Free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And everybody, if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. We're also on Google Play and a bunch of other platforms. But, uh, yeah, the big ones, iTunes and SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. Please follow us on Twitter, at NoGimmicksPod. Talk to us. We always talk back. And if you like the show, obviously all this content is free and we'll you know, remain free forever and ever. We're never going to charge you guys for this content. But if you like the show and want to get involved, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast. You can support us monthly on there and there's cool incentives. Um, if you do so, um, we are launching a merch store and if you, uh, support us on Patreon, you get, uh, discounts on all of our merch. Um, and you can also get access to our listener mail segment that we are going to start doing every Wednesday at the end of the show. Um, so yeah, check us out on Patreon, um, and follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all that good stuff. Without further ado, here is my chat with Cassandra Fairbanks. All right, guys, we're here with Cassandra Fairbanks, political activist and writer over at Gateway Pundit. Cassandra, thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 
Um, I know you get this question a lot, and it's probably really annoying, but for the, the audience members that are not familiar with you, um, you weren't always on the right. In fact, you were a Bernie Sanders supporter once upon a time. So um, kind of briefly explain what, what brought you over to the right. Well, I mean, I was more, I was somewhere between the left and a libertarian, and I ended up supporting Bernie because I passionately hated Hillary Clinton, and the Liber- Libertarian Party tends to run really dopey candidates. Right. <laughs> um, right. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm from New England. We love Bernie there. It's fine. He's an independent. At least there's that kind of break up the party system a little bit, even though he was technically running as a Democrat. So I was rooting for him. And then as the primaries went on, I started paying more attention to Trump. And um, he was saying a lot of anti-intervention things. And, um, you know, he was against Common Core. And there were just a lot of little things about him that I kind of started to like. Um, So eventually I went fully on board because it was clear that, you know, the DNC was never going to let Bernie be the candidate anyway and we couldn't have hillary clinton because she's basically satan (laughs) so um i was like all right let's do this trump it is and um you know i've moved to the right significantly more since then but um yeah that's basically what the gist of it i guess right and the left was just going completely insane so it was embarrassing of course (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I I'm a I've always been a conservative, like libertarian leaning conservative, and you know, a lot of the like the never Trump kind of you know National Review conservatives, they they thought that you know Trump would basically ruin the conservative movement and would drive people away from the Republican Party. And I mean, you know, it's interesting that you know Trump picked up a lot of the Bernie Sanders support. You know, like the opposite happened. It's, I feel like he's brought more people into the right. Yeah, I fully agree. There were so many people messaging me after I came out. I mean, I was getting attacked a lot. Uh, People were trying to get me fired and calling me all sorts of things that weren't true. I mean, it was insane. But at the at the same time, all these people were messaging me, being like, "I don't, I don't want to say it publicly, but like, I kind of dig Trump too." And they were all like (laughs) hardcore Bernie supporters, you know. Yeah. And I was getting those messages like multiple times a day, every day during the primaries and during the election. Um, so I definitely think he brought in a lot of people because he, he did have, you know, um, he wasn't the the typical like right that you would think of. He, he had a lot more like he was a little more creative and it brought a lot, a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously you've become extremely politically active. You've been involved in a lot of activism lately over the last couple of years. And I've been just looking at some of the hate that you've received and the threats and a lot of activists on the right, obviously the left has become very violent. It's kind of their MO to, to threaten violence against conservatives and and Republicans, but you've received just a shitload of, of backlash. I mean, the, the threats of just the, the vitriol directed towards you, maybe more so than, than most. I I mean, you're kind of one of the people at the top of the list. The thing is I'm a traitor. So it's worse because, you know, these people, they were my, a lot of them were my friends. (laughs) And so they just like, they're like, you betrayed us. And they're like, it's completely insane. I mean, I got doxxed again last night. An account with 17,000 followers tweeted out a big long dox on me. And Twitter was like, oh, this is fine. (laughs) And then finally I reported it like 30 times and they finally took the tweet down, but they didn't suspend the account. 
Um, and there was threats it, made against your family. <laughs> yeah, people have threatened my daughter. I had to go to the FBI. I had to go to her school and warn them. Um, I homeschool now, but at the time she was in public schools, so um, they were releasing like doxes on me and then like talking about how I had a child and. <laughs> oh my it, god. It was just absolutely incredible to watch because all I did was vote for somebody, you know, and right. support them on Twitter. I didn't, you know, kick kittens or anything. Not, I don't want to get too, but... I don't want to get too personal or anything. But is was that why you decided to homeschool? Like, did you feel that your daughter wasn't safe? Um, it was part of it. There was a lot of different things. I mean, after the election, they had sent out a countywide email saying that they were going to implement a special curriculum to help students cope with the election results and so naturally i was like hey what does this mean cope with the election results like are you planning to tell them that the president's bad because if you're going to be teaching my second grader that like trump is bad and the election is somehow not good i want to know about it and they wouldn't tell me what the curriculum was they were i mean i stormed into the superintendent's office asking to know they just started to call the cops on me it was it was pretty bad oh my goodness. um so i was i was like you know what i'm not going to deal with this i'm just gonna homeschool her so she can learn things properly without you know having activist teachers oh my gosh they were gonna teach six-year-olds how to cope with the results of a democratic election <laughs> yeah it was that was really the moment when i was like wow this is out of, of control and then i mean i live in the same county where i don't know if you remember but there was the rockville rape situation right. um they ruled that it wasn't a rape somehow but I mean, it was. And um, a 14-year-old girl had um, had sex, supposedly consensually now, but she was 14 and there were two, uh, I think there were 19 and 17-year-old illegal immigrant students. And um, they wouldn't tell us like how many adults were going to school with our children. Because no matter what, it, I mean, it was statutory rape or it should have been. Right. Um, but they wouldn't tell like, uh, there was like a county meeting about it and they wouldn't say how many adults were going to school with the high school students. And like, it was just, it's just gone crazy. <laughs> so uh, I figured homeschooling was the best option. Yeah. I feel like you probably made the right decision there. That's uh, that's yeah. really crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Have you guys seen, um, cause you know, you take part in a lot of rallies. Um, you guys had one uh, rally for Tommy Robinson yesterday in DC. Uh, have you seen any violence at any of these events? Um, I mean, I've definitely seen violence at not yesterday at the Tommy rally. I mean, it was a torrential downpour. Only about 30 people showed up because, I mean, the weather was very, very bad. It was, there was flooding everywhere and um, it was incredible that many people showed up, actually. But um, probably scared the leftists off, too. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that committed. I've, right. Yeah. I mean, um, on election on inauguration day, I was in D.C. I was planning to go to the inauguration, but. There was extreme violence, as everybody knows, um, all over D.C. They were lighting cars on fire, smashing Starbucks. Um, so people spit on me and started chanting, fuck you, Cassandra Fairbanks, while I was trying to walk to the walk to the inauguration. Um, so there was some of that. Um, I've seen a, a lot of other people get assaulted. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty violent out there. It's just pathetic. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's I mean, on, what a strange time to be alive. Right. On Sunday, um, the Patriot Prayer guys had a rally in, I think it was Washington, but I could be wrong. 
Um, and it, apparently it got pretty bloody. I just saw something about that on Fox News earlier. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my but, goodness. Yeah. It's well, the political. Ta- right. I, I want to talk about. No, no, it's fine. Um, I want to talk about Tommy Robinson. I've been kind of saving that topic for uh, for a show where we have somebody that really knows, you know, knows more than I do about it. Um, Tommy Robinson is, is a political activist and journalist that's been jailed in the UK uh, basically for having an opinion. Uh, do you want to kind of talk us through who Tommy is and, uh, and what's going on over in the UK? Okay. Well, yeah, Tommy is an activist and an independent journalist. He used to be at Rebel Media, but he's gone independent. Um, he's very, very outspokenly critical of Islam and the intense amounts of migration that's happening in the UK right now. Um, and so, yeah, he was outside filming the, and discussing on a live stream, the, um, one of the child grooming gang, um, trials, which is a fancy way of saying Muslim rape gang. (laughs) Yeah. So there are 20, 29 men on trial at once. Cause there's, this has been so widespread that they're having trials like in bulk. Um, so there was a reporting gag on this case. So nobody was allowed to report on it until it's concluded. And Tommy went and he was live streaming and he was discussing it and he was discussing the reporting ban. And he wasn't, he, I mean, he wasn't inside the trial, so he wasn't reporting anything, you know, top secret or whatever. But they came and arrested him and he was sentenced and thrown in jail within hours because he had had a suspended sentence for a similar similar live streaming arrest um, previously. And his life is, is really in jeopardy as well. I, I believe the last time he was in jail, um, like you said, arrested on similar charges, you know, Muslims in that prison tried to kill him and roughed him up really bad. I know a lot of people are, are afraid for, for his life. Yeah. Um, so last time they tried to um, throw boiling sugar water on him. He was left in a room alone with a bunch of Muslim terrorists which is, you know, I highly doubt was the coincidence. Right. And they they tried to kill him. Um, he defended himself and he was fine. But, you know, um, he's certainly in danger again. And the judge um, acknowledged that when she was or he was giving the sentence. Um, they said, you know, this is there is a real possibility. But he knew that <laughs> and oh just were completely unsympathetic to that fact that like he's got a target on his head if he's around these people it's just incredible it's just incredible and And he has young children and a wife and um i know that they weren't being allowed to see him i don't know if that's changed but it's it's really just horribly unjust right and it's really hard because of the gag order it's hard to even get uh information from well um london they've actually lifted that um on his case at least because there was a gag on the Tommy case they could like nobody could report on it because it was related to the other case but journalists from the independent and one other newspaper actually challenged it and they won so they can report on it now they still can't report on the grooming gang case but they can report on the Tommy case now right that doesn't mean they're going to right (laughs) but they can right yeah there's been absolutely no coverage in the american mainstream media of this case i think fox news covered it for 30 seconds once or something like that yeah i think tucker tucker mentioned it 
Right, and I think that's it. I, I haven't really seen anything. I mean, obviously, p- people like you know MSNBC, CNN, they're not going to talk about it. But you know, in in England, there is no freedom of speech or freedom of the press, so they can they can hold these kangaroo courts and throw people in prison for you know breaking the narrative, right? <laughs> Reporting on these these Muslim rape gangs. It's right. Really crazy. I mean, people stuff. are going to jail for Facebook posts. Right. Right. It's crazy over there. And <laughs> thank God. For for 1776 <laughs> we made the right call we really really we made did. the right call and it's just a depressing <laughs> thought i want to kind of talk about just europe and the uk in general and not to bring it down too much but um i don't know is england just gone right it's it's hard not to just throw up your hands and say okay freedom is is dead in england uh, you know freedom is dead across europe obviously there's there were comedians arrested in germany for for making fun of islam you know comics right you know there's a there was a pastor in canada um arrested because he said at the pulpit that that he believes homosexuality is a sin um, right which i'd say most pastors believe that but you know it's really hard to to not kind of give up on the rest of the world and say okay let's focus on america because america is kind of all we have left and uh, i don't know is, is that i know it's very depressing but is that kind of how you feel as well, or is Europe and the UK in particular salvageable at this point? Um, I don't know if it's really salvageable. I was just over there in March because um, I actually I went to visit Julian Assange, and um, it was it was nice when you're in the tourist areas, <laughs> but as soon as you go like 20 minutes out, it's like you're in a whole different country. Um, yeah. And I don't. I don't know if it's salvageable at this point. I think that they've really, it's just so far gone. Like their free speech is just dead. Um, I mean, once you start arresting people over Facebook posts, like what do you even do? And the people are getting madder about it because, um, you know, they're, they're, they don't have any say in this and there's all this stuff happening, um, you know, between like the migration and things like that, and these rape gangs, um, they, they have, they have no way of controlling it or even voting on it, you know? So I think that there's going to be a lot more people who are like Tommy and speaking out and a lot more people going to jail. But I think it's, we shouldn't ignore it. We should be looking at it and realizing that that could be us if we don't really fight to protect the First Amendment. Absolutely. Um, so I, and yeah, I, I think just as a, use it as a warning. <laughs> right. No, I agree. And... I mean, mainland Europe has had, they've had a dubious history with freedom, but the UK, I mean, they were the symbol of freedom and liberty in the West for a long, long time. I mean, England remained free when the fascists were closing in, when the communists were closing in, when Europe was completely gone and devoid of freedom. England stood fast and and they were the beacon of liberty in the world. And it's it's just sad and pathetic to see what's going on right now. It's yeah, man. If you could go back and tell Winston Churchill what's going on, he would. I mean, Churchill's rolling over in his grave right now. Right. So is Orwell. Jeez. Gosh. Like. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And the thing is that freedom will die. Right. Like liberty always does die eventually. You know, like Rome had freedom for a while. Greece had freedom for a while. You know, like ancient Israel was was free. And whether by conquest or by, you know, electing a dictator democratically, even 
I mean, liberty does eventually die. Like William F. Buckley, the founder of National Review, you know, one of the founders of American conservatism, said a conservative is someone who stands athwart history yelling stop, right? So that's almost right. igno- it's not acknowledging that it's a losing battle. Like, we will lose. It's kind of our goal to just try to remain free until, you know, us and our families and kids and grandkids and everyone we care about have been dead for a long time. I guess that's kind of the right. goal, you know, but it <laughs> seems much. like it, it's almost too late for, for England. I, 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 it's almost, it's more and more feeling like America is kind of the last beacon of freedom on earth. Yeah. I mean, people are trying, they, they look at Brexit. Um, people are trying to like take back some control and even that, even though it won, it really, didn't win like it's being... I, I was gonna say is that happening i mean that, that vote was like a year and a half ago and they're still part of the eu so i i know it's a kind of a complicated yeah. thing but is brexit even happening at this point i don't know i, I, I guess i need to read up unclear more, but... yeah <laughs> so so you've been a, yeah, a huge advocate nothing... oh yeah go ahead sorry no go ahead it's fine um you've been a big advocate for julian assange the founder of wikileaks um and that we haven't talked about WikiLeaks in a while on the show, but uh, tell us how you got involved with Assange in the first place and kind of what he's dealing with right now. Um, well, a friend of mine was killed in Afghanistan, and I was already pretty anti-war before that. But after that, I was like, everybody needs to go come home. This is stupid. Why are we even fighting this? Like, you know, pull pull everybody home. <laughs> and then the the WikiLeaks Iraq and Afghan war logs came out and I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are like shining a light on what's actually happening. Maybe this will help bring, bring our troops home and knock some common sense into people that, you know, war should be a last resort and not, you know, maybe we should chill out a little. So I became completely obsessed with them and a huge supporter. It's the only reason I even joined Twitter. Um, so yeah, that I guess probably, that was I've just a been mistake. in hindsight. Yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've just been a, a big supporter of theirs since, I guess, maybe like 2011. Um, and then that's just always continued. And you've met with Julian Assange. Yes, I met him in March, um, just a few days before this isolation started. Yeah, so tell us about that. He's kind of been cut off from the world for a couple months now. Um, why? And, and, you know, is there any... What, what's going to happen next with this guy? Okay, so on March 28th, Ecuador cut off his internet and his phone, and um, they told him that he's not allowed to go online, make phone calls, or have visitors other than his lawyer. This is on top of the fact that he has now been... It's going on six years, at least six years in June, um, that he... He's been inside the embassy. Um, he's been unable to go outside. He can't go to the hospital like doctors have asked for him to be able to. Um, he can't do anything. He's in, you know, essentially a solitary confinement in a prison, but without actually being in a prison. Um, and it, it's not looking good. Um, the new president of Ecuador doesn't really believe in the cause like the previous one did, and the U.S. has been putting more pressure on them to get him out of the embassy so um i guess we just have to kind of wait and see what happens right it doesn't seem fair since he's been granted asylum and the embassy to cut him off like that it seems uh inhumane and i i've i don't know like i i don't really know what to think about wikileaks i'm obviously a huge fan of a lot of the stuff they've done 
uh, I'm obviously as somebody who does not trust any government, I'm a big fan of transparency, and they've done more work to bring transparency to governments than I'd say the entire global press combined. <laughs> yeah, that's, pr- that's probably fair to say. Um, the, the one thing, the one problem I have with WikiLeaks is they did publish um, uh, like classified military documents, which included the names and locations of some undercover assets, um, which. I don't know. I'd have to look into if any of those assets were like harmed or killed. No, they I don't. I don't um, yeah, I don't believe that's the case. But that, no. that would be the only reason why, you know, the U.S. government. So would what go happened? After them, I think was after after they had obtained all these, they were being they were on like another server, and somebody else got access to it, and they were going to release it because WikiLeaks was taking too long to try and redact stuff. And so Julian Assange actually, this is all documented. It's on film. It, um, it's in Laura Poitras's film Risk, which is horrible and ended up becoming a revenge piece against her ex-boyfriend, Jacob Applebaum. But generally, like, the footage itself is good. Um, gotcha. he, he was frantically calling the State Department and being like, hey, guys, this is going to end up getting released, whether we do it or somebody else does it. And if they do it, like, like there's a good chance that some of this is not going to be redacted. And it, it was a whole thing. Like, they did try and mitigate the damage. They were calling the State Department over and over and over again to try and warn them about this happening but anyway it did get released and you know there was some concern there but the pentagon actually testified during chelsea manning's trial that the release did not lead to anyone getting hurt or killed and the pentagon was going after her for with everything that they had so like they had no reason to lie you know um they they testified nobody was harmed and uh, i think that's a pretty solid thing to believe Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that that's that would kind of be my only concern, um, right. you know, whether it's military or CIA personnel, which is undercover. a fair concern. But yeah. they yeah, there's been the Pentagon has testified that that's not true. It actually the rumor that people had gotten hurt, I think, actually started with McCain um, and he was wrong and dumb. So <laughs> gotcha. And I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, even if even if it was released and not redact- none of that stuff was redacted. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you would blame Julian Assange for reporting this. I mean, it's fair to blame Chelsea Manning for, for right. you know, leaking That's this information a and being of... a traitor. But Julian Assange isn't the traitor for reporting information. That's the thing that I argue with people constantly. Um, he's a publisher. He's not the leaker. Um, and people really seem to confuse this. Like, people call him a hacker in my mentions all the time or say that he's responsible for this and this and that. And I'm like, no, he's not, he's not the leaker. <laughs> like you can disagree with documents being leaked. That's fine. But he's just a publisher. It's the same as, you know, what any other newspaper is supposed to do. If you obtain information, then you should be reporting on it. That if yeah, it's of public interest. And that's completely legal, even domestically. I mean, you know, these leaks, Right. There's been classified information leaked out of the White House, and it's not, you know, illegal for the New York Times or the Washington Post or Wall Street Journal or whatever to report it. It might be illegal to leak right. it, but it's completely—I I never really understood why Assange was the villain in any of this. Like, I don't get—I I believe Chelsea Manning's a traitor and deserved to stay in prison, but I don't see how that touches Assange at all. Like, he was literally doing his job. Right, exactly. Um, it's just— a vendetta because he's embarrassing he's embarrassing our media he's embarrassing people in power he's embarrassing they deserve to be embarrassed they did embarrassing shit (laughs) for the love of god they they earned that embarrassment 
tenfold. Exactly. And that's all it is, though. It's there, it's not about justice or anything like that or him breaking the law. It's it's a vendetta. It's they want revenge. <laughs> it's not, you know. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. So a couple quick points, um, like breaking news points before I let you go. Um, today, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Colorado baker who refused to cater a gay wedding. This was what, like four years ago we've had to hear about this shit? Gosh, yeah. we can finally put put it to bed. Um, but this is obviously uh, a big win for personal liberty. Um, the government shouldn't tell anyone what they can or cannot do in their place of business. I mean, you know, if a black guy owns a bakery and some Nazi walks in with a swastika tattooed on his face, the black right. guy should be able to tell him to go kick rocks. You know what I mean? So um, obviously a lot of people are upset about this, but this is just a, a big win for all of us. Agreed. I mean, I haven't actually read through the full ruling or anything like that, but... Um, yeah, of course, it's a big win for individual liberty and, and religious liberty. And I was encouraged. Uh, usually these votes are five to four, but I was encouraged it was a seven to two vote. That means, you know, even some of the liberals on the court haven't gone completely insane. I feel like that, that yeah. warmed my heart a little bit. Um, one last thing that I really wanted to touch on, and it's probably good that you left the left um, when you did, because they are the left is really trying to ruin everything that Americans hold dear. Um, this is a tweet from Vox, uh, Vox.com, yesterday regarding the new Star Wars movie. Uh, this is quote. This is their headline. Oh, I quote. saw this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just have to mention. I have to mention it. Quote: Solo, a Star Wars story, misses a huge opportunity. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Misses a huge opportunity to explore droids as an aggrieved class with parallels to racism and slavery. <laughs> Unquote. Your thoughts. Oh, my God. I, my thoughts are that they need to delete their account. <laughs> Don't mess with Star Wars. They're coming for this. everything that Americans <laughs> love. They're coming for apple pie and baseball next. They need yep, to, oh God. True. No, the talking robots in Star Wars are not aggrieved blacks. <laughs> In the Jim Crow South. I'm it's sorry. It's just so ridiculous that you don't even need to make fun of it. You can just read it, and it, it, it's already embarrassing. You know? It's like, I mean, the Onion, like, the, the Onion could have written that, like that, like, and that would have been funny. Right. Like I thought that was like the Babylon Bee or the Onion. The first time I saw it, I the was like, nope, are shit. The Onion out of business. I know. <laughs> I know. Hardest hit is is the editorial staff at the Onion. Yeah. Oh man, it is what a what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Absolutely. Well, I'll let you go. You've been more than generous with your time. Um, where can everybody uh, read your stuff, and where can everybody find you online and uh, your YouTube channel, and give us the full breakdown? Um, I write for the Gateway Pundit. I'm on Twitter at Cassandra Rules. Um, also on Facebook, Cassandra Fairbanks. That's about it. I don't really use YouTube very much, so. <laughs> gotcha. It's probably smart. I mean. Yeah. The more you use it, they'd probably just, you know, ban your channel or, you know, yeah, at least demonetize much. you. Um, yeah, everybody follow Cassandra. She's awesome. Check out her stuff over at Gateway Pundit. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Mm-hmm.